It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 7th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, do Orlando Magic have a schedule? Or at least half of one. We'll go over what's coming up in the Orlando Magic's first half of the season why the Magic need to get off to such a good start, and what lies ahead, especially in the context of training campus, the Magic try to find some redemption from a disappointing 2020 season. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there is a daily podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. The Orlando Magic will take on the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. Want to get, get the lowdown on what the Hawks are up to? Check out Locked On Hawks. Plus, we've got great podcasts across all the different sports, including NFL, MLB, NHL, and college, too. Just download them wherever you download podcasts today. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. 
The NBA on Friday released its first half of the NBA schedule, the season schedule. Teams are going to play anywhere between 35 and 37 games in the first half of the season as they uh, as, as the league kind of prepares for all contingency plans with so much uncertainty about the coronavirus. But the Orlando Magic have their first 37 games kind of on paper. We already know, we now know where the Magic are going to be, who they're going to be playing, and what lies ahead. It all starts December 23rd, a couple days before Christmas, as the Orlando Magic host the Miami Heat. Um, uh, obviously, just a, a, a usual opening night game. The Magic have started against the Heat in now three of the past four seasons. Um, but the Magic will get the Heat, uh, and then we'll be off to the races. And this thing's going to be kind of non-stop in a lot of ways. The Magic's early schedule is going to be difficult. Um, there's there's no getting around that. It is not an easy start to the season uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, the Magic will start against Miami. Then they'll head up to Washington for a pair of games. And you'll see a lot of this where teams play both games, uh, both games that they have against each other in one location at the same time. The Magic will play at Washington on December 26th on Boxing Day uh, and then at Washington again on the 27th. So they'll spend, th- uh, spend a couple days uh, in the nation's capital to play the Wizards. Then they'll head to Oklahoma City and play the Thunder. Then the Magic get a nice little reprieve, a four-game homestand against Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, and both Cleveland. So among those first, let's say, seven games, you've got, um, you know, some winnable games. I mean, Washington, Miami will be, are going to be tough. Philadelphia's going to be certainly be tough. But Oklahoma City is expected to take a major step, step back this year. Uh, and Cleveland, of course, uh, is probably one of the few teams in the East that, that most people say will not have a, a chance at the playoffs or will not be a playoff caliber team. But again, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, they're going to be a tough team. It's, it's, it, there's, there's no easy nights in the NBA. So you can't just sit here and look and say, these are wins. But when you look at that part of the schedule and then the next part of the schedule, things get very, very dicey. The next part of the schedule is probably the toughest stretch the Magic will have in the entire first half of the season. Starting on January 8th, this seems like so far away, but it's not really that far away. Starting on January 8th, the Magic travel to Houston. January 9th, they're in Dallas. Then they come home on the 11th to face the Milwaukee Bucks. Then they begin the longest road trip of the first half of the season. At Boston on the 13th and 15th. At Brooklyn on the 16th, so tough back-to-back there. At New York on the 18th for Martin Luther King Day, a noon tip-off. At Minnesota, at Indiana. So, by the time we get to late January, the Magic will probably been through the toughest part of the schedule. And if they could survive that, things are actually looking pretty good. Orlando will come home from that long road trip with a four-game homestand. They have, th- they have three separate four-game homestands to play Charlotte twice. Sacramento, and the LA Clippers. Again, no game is easy. Nothing is easy in this league, but certainly that seems very, very manageable. The Orlando Magic, frankly, are, you know, I could go through the schedule for you here in full. They'll play at Tampa against Toronto on the 31st, at, again, at home against Toronto on February 2nd, then Chicago the 5th and 6th. Then they'll head out west. Usually we do look for those West Coast road trips. The West Coast road trip that the Magic take um, in the first half of the season, not so difficult. Certainly it's difficult, but not so difficult. No Lakers, no Clippers on the road in the first half of the season. At Portland, at Golden State, at Sacramento, at Phoenix, that trip going from February 9th to February 14th. Then the Magic come home for a four-game homestand, their third four-game homestand of the first half of the season. They'll play New York, 
Golden State, and then Detroit twice on February 21st and 23rd. Then they'll close out the first half of the season at Brooklyn on the 25th, and then three games at home against Utah, Dallas, and Atlanta. Overall, like I said, get to late January and things feel a little bit more manageable, especially if this team meets the expectations that we expect them to make. But like I said, the bottom line is this. The Magic are going to know exactly where they stand by the time they hit the All-Star break. The trade deadline's apparently been set as March 22nd. So the first half of the season, when we get to that All-Star break, that's going to be where a lot of teams are going to really take the time to assess and figure out where they are and what they're able to accomplish. Teams that think they are playoff-bound or playoff-capable are going to have to sit down and really assess things at this juncture and say, we're, we're, we're still in this. We can compete. Let's go for it. Or they might have to sit down and say, you know, we're not where we need to be. We're, we're really struggling. Might be time to pack it in. A lot of fans have certainly sensed that the Magic are one of these teams that are kind of on the borderline. They're certainly, they've been in the middle for two years now. Um, and, and they haven't really shown signs that they're progressing. And so there is a, there's an appetite, at least, for the Magic to kind of pack things in. And if the Magic are struggling through this first half of the season they might very well pack it in. They might very well take that uh, take that decision and move forward with a different group. I'm going to say it plain and simple. The first half of the season is going to make or break the year. I mean, again, yes, half the games, of course it would, but the Magic aren't going to have the time to make up ground in the second half of the season. The Magic need to be in pole position for the playoffs. They need to be in playoff position They need to zoom ahead of everyone, or as much of everyone as they can, in the first half of the season. Now, again, that's relative. I'm not saying go go out there and win 25 of these games and be third or fourth seed because you're going to fall back. I'm talking about just within the group that the Magic are are in. They've got to be in the hunt. They've got to be in the the race. They've got to probably be leading in that race because the second half of the season is going to be very, very difficult. According to ESPN.com and the way that they calculated strength of schedule, the Magic have the easiest strength of schedule of any team in the NBA for the first half of the season for the schedule that's been released to this point. That formula takes into account both the quality of the opponents that they're playing as well as the number of back-to-backs they have. Only three teams have fewer back-to-backs than the Magic. The Magic will have six in the first half of the season. Uh, And the number of back-to-backs their opponents have. The Magic last year had a lot of had the had the most rest disadvantage games of any team in the league. This year, that does not appear to be the case, or at least to this point, it does not appear to be the case. So the Magic have to take advantage of this schedule. Again, look at the teams the Magic are not playing, and know that this is going to come back around in the second half of the season. Orlando gets just one game against Atlanta, so they'll have three humongous games against the Hawks. And actually, that game against Atlanta is the last game of the first half of the season. So the Magic get three humongous games against the Hawks in the second half of the season. The Magic will have two games against Brooklyn at home in the second half of the season. That's not a huge deal. The Magic do not face the Denver Nuggets or Los Angeles Lakers, the two Western Conference finalists, in the first half of the season. So the Magic will, again, go to Denver, go to Utah in the second half of the season, They'll go face both LA teams. In fact, count on that second West Coast road trip to be at LA, at the Lakers, at the Clippers, at the Jazz, at the Nuggets. That is an extremely difficult, extremely difficult um, road trip under any circumstances 
let alone these circumstances. So the Magic are going to have uh, essentially a four-game road trip where it's going to be very difficult to see the Magic getting a, a win. Um, and, and that's kind of the schedule that they're facing. The Lakers will also come to Orlando at some point uh, at some point in the second half of the season. Magic obviously going to the Clippers. The Magic will get three games against the Miami Heat in the second half of the season. So again, that's a big one. The, the Magic get, I don't remember if the Magic play the Bucks, uh once or uh, twice, uh, three times or four times, but the Magic only play the Bucks one time uh, in or inside, uh, one time in the first half of the season. I believe Milwaukee comes to Orlando one more time and the Magic will have to go to Milwaukee one more time. But the Magic have two games against the Bucks in the second half of the season too. Two games against the Pelicans, maybe not, it's not as big, big of one. But again, you look at the teams that the Magic are playing. They'll finish up their series against Oklahoma City in the first half of the season. They'll have both of their home games against Cleveland in the first half of the season. Again, very, very early in early January. So they got that one game going to Cleveland. The Magic have both both home games against the Bulls. They'll go to Chicago one time as well. Um, Both home games against Charlotte. So they'll go to Charlotte twice in the second half of the season. All this is to say there's going to be a lot of important games in the second half of the season. The Magic... The Magic avoid a lot of big opponents in the first half of the season. That's that's really, I mean, when I first looked at the schedule and I first dove into the schedule, that's the thing that stuck out to me. And again, all of this is going to come back around. That's that's really the point I want to get across. It's, it's not so much that the Magic have an easy schedule in the first half of the season, the first 37 games. It's that we know all this stuff is going to come back around. Those difficult opponents the Magic avoid early in the season, they're going to have to play late in the season. And that's why it's so critical the Magic get out to a hot start. That's why it's so critical the Magic do well in the first half of the season. Even if they're just a few games above 500, they know those chickens are coming to roost. They know that the, the shift is going to happen. And so the way this schedule sets up, the Magic need to be ready. They need to be ready to hit the ground running. They need to be ready to start winning games very, very early on and bank some of those up because I'm not sure they're going to be able to rely on on kind of rallying the way that they have the last two years. That's something the Magic are concerned about and the Magic are thinking about too. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's desire to get off to a faster start coming up here in just a moment. But first, this is going to be a long season. We're all going to need our energy. All of us. Not just the players, all of us. And that's why Built Bar is here with the best tasting protein bar on the market. I'm not one to eat a lot of uh, protein bars. It's not my thing. I'm not so super into that kind of stuff. But ever since I got my hands on on these protein bars, on Built Bars, I have fallen in love. It has become part of my diet, especially after I work out or when I just need a quick snack or little protein boost or just something to supplement my meal. This is not a meal replacement bar. These are not 300 calorie bars that kind of taste like what they say on the packaging. This is the real deal, a perfect snack for the health conscious person. Built Bars come in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, and a whole lot more. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, many under 150 calories, if not just all of them under 200 calories. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. Check them out today. The Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll hear from the Orlando Magic again as they continue training camp. We'll hear a little bit about the challenges the rookies are facing, especially Cole Anthony and Shumo Kiki. Those, those are the rookies. Uh, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what's coming up ahead as the 2021 season comes hurtling towards us. Be sure to subscribe today to Locked On Magic, your daily podcast covering the Orlando Magic. The issue of getting off to a hot start, though, is one the Orlando Magic are thinking and talking about. Um, it is one that that several players have acknowledged and have have said they have to do. And this was even before the schedule came out. This was as the team was preparing and getting ready for the season to begin. They know that the margin for error is decreasing. The Eastern Conference is getting better, and, and they can't rely on the end of the season. As we all know, in 2019, the Orlando Magic went 22-9 and to make their run and make their return to the playoffs. It was an incredible run, and the Magic had to go play that way clinching their spot on the penultimate game of the season. There were some huge wins. The Magic beat some very good teams in that stretch, including the Golden State Warriors, mind you, and the Toronto Raptors, actually. Um, They beat some very good teams in that stretch. They were playing legitimately very, very well, uh, but it was a small margin for error. The Magic were 20-31 and and had to go on that tear just to sniff the playoffs. The Magic, in 2020, were also 20-31. and they didn't need to go on quite such a tear. The Magic were still in pole position at 20 and 31. But the Magic were counting on a March schedule that was relatively tame to kind of build up their bank and make their push for the playoffs. Several players, including Aaron Gordon, said that they felt like they were turning a corner just as the season went on hiatus. In fact, the Magic did not get the benefit of the schedule that they were hoping for for so long. At one point, actually, Steve Clifford said that the Magic's December schedule was one of the hardest that he'd ever experienced. Just the the number of games in a short amount of time, the lack of practice time, the travel. I think the Magic in December, through through like a four-week stretch in December and January, spent a total of like six days at home. I'm, do- I'm talking just literally at home, not home games, at home. Um, and it was, I, I agreed with them. It was a little, it was a little ridiculous. Um, but... But the Magic knew that March was coming. That they would have a stretch of about 8 games, 8 of 11 games at home, most against non-playoff teams. When the season was about to go on a hiatus, 
the team was openly talking about this opportunity. And certainly after the hiatus happened, as the Magic were studying and getting ready for the resumption of the season, Steve Clifford beat was sure to note as well. And this is not something that I don't think that I don't think Steve Clifford would normally do. Steve Clifford was sure to note as well that the Magic were playing their best basketball just when there's an opportunity to bank up a ton of wins. The Magic finished 33-40 and 40 last season. There's no changing that. But I think we all acknowledge that the Magic would probably have finished 7th in the Eastern Conference. They probably would have gotten to 38 or 39 wins total in an 82-game season. And things probably wouldn't have looked as bad as they seem to now. The Magic probably would not have had the extreme disappointment that they seem to have over the course of how their season ended. And again, who knows? But the fact of the matter is the Magic were banking and counting on this end-of-season run. As I detailed before, we don't know what the second half of the season is going to look like. We don't know what the second half schedule is going to look like. There might be a similar stretch toward the end of the season where the Magic can make a little bit of a push and make up some ground. But what we do know is that the second half of the season is going to be significantly tougher for the Orlando Magic this year. That the Magic are not going to want to count on picking up wins late. The fact of the matter is, since the Magic had the hardest, have the easiest schedule in the league uh, in the first half of the season, it is fairly safe to assume that the Magic may have one of the hardest schedules in the second half of the season. There won't be time to make up ground. And that's why the Magic have to focus on getting off to this fast start. Players and coaches have openly talked about continuity. They've openly talked about how having the same players back and virtually the same team will hopefully give them a leg up. It's the same thing they said last year, and that didn't really work. Now, injuries certainly slowed the Magic down early last season too, but the Magic weren't able to get off to the start they wanted, and so their dreams of finishing sixth, their dreams of finishing in the top part of the Eastern Conference, ended fairly quickly. That's that's the truth. Those hopes ended fairly quickly. That can't be the case this time. Again, the Magic have to get off to a fast start. And those first 10 games are going to be tricky. After that, after that first 10-game stretch, when they, when they make that first Texas trip, they got to get to mid-January. They can get to mid-January... At around 500, they will have the opportunity to bank up the kind of wins that they're going to need to survive the second half of the season. Really, getting off to a fast start is all about preparation and rhythm. Steve Clifford, in the first few days of practice, has made rhythm the big focus with guy, with players not able to play as much as they might normally would in a, in a regular offseason. He's let them play. The first two days of practice were pretty much scrimmaging is, is what he said. You know, some defensive drill works, a little bit of drill work in shooting games, but mostly just scrimmaging, just getting guys back in shape and getting guys kind of moving in the right direction. The teams that find their rhythm quickly are the teams that are going to have success this season. That's, that's frankly the truth. And the Magic have to be one of those teams. Because again, second half of the schedule ain't gonna be easy. The Magic know all this, and they know they've got a lot to make up for after a disappointing 2020 season. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast coming up because the wait is almost over. The 2021 season is almost here. And the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. That is next Monday. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us here at Locked On Magic. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA now to get it when it comes out next week, wherever you download podcasts. Ask the Orlando Magic, and they will tell you the 2020 season was not what they wanted. Obviously, it wasn't. They'll, they'll tell you a lot of things that I've told you before in this episode, that the Magic felt like they were just about to turn a corner, that they were playing their best basketball when the season was put on hold that injuries played such a massive role that they never really fully realized their potential. And all this is true. All this is 100% true. The Magic faced a lot of adversity last year, and as I think I've argued on this podcast, I know I've argued it elsewhere, the fact that the Magic were still able to make the playoffs and make the playoffs comfortably and take even the small step back that they took despite all those injuries is frankly a testament to how far this team has come. Now, granted, the Magic didn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, and they still have to reckon with that, and that's certainly something that we talked about and thought about a lot during the offseason. But the Magic still did some good things. Yet, most of us would sit here and say that the season was, if not a failure, a disappointment. It wasn't a failure. They made the playoffs. They proved 2019 wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a failure, but it was absolutely a disappointment. The Magic saw significant regressions from several players, including Aaron Gordon, who did not take the step forward that everyone thought he would take. And the Magic as a team regressed. And as I've said in this league, if you're not moving forward in this league, you're often going backwards. There's very rarely any standing still despite the Magic's lack of major player movement going on. The bottom line then is this. The Magic did not have the season they wanted. They did not accomplish all the goals they wanted to accomplish. And now they've been given a second, maybe third chance to do so. Aaron Gordon said it best in a teleconference last week. Last season was not indicative of who this Magic team can be. He said, quote, I don't think last year was a good measure of where we were at. I believe we were going to be higher than the eighth seed There's going to be improvement there, and it got cut short. I think we have a really good ball club. I think we're smart. I think we have depth to us and have all the necessary tools to make noise in the East and show much more improvement. Remember last year, there were people that thought the Magic could be a four seed. There are people that thought the Magic could compete for home court advantage. There are people that thought the Magic would be a six seed and be a more comfortable playoff team. I was bullish on all that. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said I, I expected the Magic to kind of finish at the same spot that they were 
in 2019, but even that would be a success in a way. But a lot of that didn't happen. And while Gordon certainly has a lot of confidence saying that he thought the Magic could have climbed to sixth, that wasn't going to happen. The Magic are, indeed, a little bit stuck. The Magic are, indeed, still trying to find their way forward. Still trying to find their way out of this middle tier of the Eastern Conference and into that top tier of true contenders of teams that have a real shot at winning. And the Magic aren't there yet. Undoubtedly, the Magic are still struggling to get there. Do they have enough on the roster to get there? Only if someone takes a major leap. If Markel Fultz takes a major leap, if Aaron Gordon takes a major leap, if Chumo, Kiki, or Cole Anthony are both realistic and legitimate rotation players and potentially starters early on, It could certainly happen. This Magic team feels more talented than before. The Magic added essentially two top 10 picks to their team. Cole Anthony taken with the 15th pick this year. Chumo Kiki with the 16th pick last year, but both very, very talented players in their own rights despite the questions facing them. But more than that, the Magic are trying to make up for some lost time. Make up for... Something that got left behind in 2020. They did not have the season they wanted. Everyone would admit that. Ultimately, they did not accomplish everything they wanted to accomplish. And so now they're spending the season trying to do so. Now they are spending the season trying to put all the pieces together to have a strong offense and a strong defense. Something that just didn't happen last year. When the Magic were at their best defensively early in the season, they could not score to save their lives. When the Magic were at their best offensively at the end of the season or at the, at the, at, right before the season went on hiatus, the defense couldn't stop anyone, you know, or stop people enough to get wins, but it wasn't very good. The Magic know there is a lot of work ahead. They hope that continuity can help them skip a few steps or get through a few steps quicker than their opponents, than their, than their competitors. But the bottom line is this. The Magic are still trying to be that same team. The Magic are still trying to make good on what was left out last year. What the Magic didn't do last year. As we said earlier, the path is laid out in front of them now. They have half their schedule. They have the roadmap. If they can get off to the fast start that we all think they can, that they that they have to get off to, that should build confidence moving on down the road. That will only make the team better. But they got to do it. Something that they haven't been able to do the last two seasons despite all the continuity, despite the familiarity, despite everything else. The bottom line is, the Magic haven't answered many of their big picture questions. They'll start answering some of them as the season goes on, but the transaction period did not elicit any results or elicit any conclusions, or at least hint at the conclusions that management is prepared to make. And so we're left with the same questions we had last year. And whereas last season we might have been hopeful and optimistic because of what laid ahead, this season we're skeptical because we were asking the same questions last year. Only one group of players, only one person 
at this point, or one group at this point, can silence those doubts, can put all that to rest. And that's the team themselves. And we'll see if they can get the job done. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.